Hello and welcome to today's podcast reading. I am Maureen Frank, the Mandala Lady. It is April 1st, 2018 at 9.20 a.m. I've already connected with my team for this today's reading and they've asked that we set the intention today what it means to follow your heart. So with that, we start the reading. So right off the bat, I see a heart or an outline of a heart and it's upside down where the point is facing up and then the curvy tops are uh, um, on a surface. From this perspective, looks like the heart is pointing. You could almost think of it as an arrow with the bottom of the heart, which is now facing up, is pointing. And, um, okay, my, uh, my team has a sense of humor and they like to keep things light. Uh, when you look at the bottom of the heart, which is the top of the heart um, turned upside down, the curvy bottom part almost looks like you're looking at somebody from behind who's seated on um, a chair or a bench, so it looks like they're their bottom. Oh, okay, so too often what we do is we sit on our bottom without taking any movement forward as to our heart's desire. I also sense that a lot of times that sitting on our bottom is because we may be lacking what it is that we want or what our heart's desire is truly is and weeding through all of the debris and veils of beliefs and negative thinking that gets in the way so anyway that's where we start this upside down heart that's sitting on a bench and now what i'm seeing is the top uh, the pointy part of it gets a little confusing uh, I talk about the top and the bottom, but the, the pointy part of the heart is now starting to lean forward as if the scene has just opened up. So it feels like um, I'm sitting, I, I am the, the heart. So that when I say I, I'm meaning all of us collectively because I'm doing this reading as a representation for all of us. So I'm seeing that I'm sitting on this bench and there's a pathway in front of me going forward and then there's also a path going um, across my feet, um, right in front of my feet. So it's forming this upside down T. And um, hmm, upside down is a it's starting to be a theme. We'll set that aside for a moment. So I'm seeing um, this pastoral scene. There's it could be a, a park setting. Um, it's it's just beautiful, and the path that goes straight in front of me uh, goes on for quite a ways where I can't even see the end. I I see like maybe some forest area way up ahead. And as I look that way, then I get the idea, well, let's look left to that pathway. And when I look that way, I see more of a triangle shape that's pointing in that direction. 
Um, and then there's nothing after that. I don't see what comes after that's kind of a open gray nothing area and I turn and I look to the right and there too oh at first it was nothing but there um, it there's no arrow um, but the path only goes so far before it hits the edge of a cliff and taking a bird's eye view coming out of my body and looking over there is this deep uh, abyss and there is a river running down way down below it's very pretty definitely um, southwest looking could be the grand canyon and that kind of um, look so um so it's an interesting um <laughs> Um, oh, I get it. Okay, thanks. So in looking at these three laid out paths, because technically we could go in any direction, there doesn't have to be a path in order to move forward, but just going with the the three paths that have been shown is the one that's straight in front of me. I can see it all laid out. I can see for miles and miles and miles. Um, looks like there's could be a sunrise or a sunset happening way off in the, the distance. But I can see pretty much where this path is going. When I look off to the left, um, that path is unknown. If I kind of like the road less traveled idea. Uh, so there... Uh, and yet with that arrowhead pointing in that, that triangle acting as an arrowhead is a very strong um, a triangle shape pointing in that direction. So that brings up kind of the fear, not kind of, it does bring up the fear of the unknown. The, if, if, we, if I were to stand up and go on that path, I have no idea where it goes. Um, it's intriguing, but I have no idea where it goes. And then when I look off to the right, uh, so si seated in the bench looking over, I, I don't know what's beyond the edge of the cliff. I do see that it being like a canyon, there's another cliff on the other side of it. So if there was a bridge, you could probably put a bridge there and walk across to get to the other side. And uh, actually, now that's what I'm seeing. Um, so there, um, the danger there is that there's danger there because you can sort of see where you're going, but there's kind of this uh, fear of dropping, falling into the abyss, or if, what if the bridge falls apart, or what if the bridge disappears by the time I get there, then how am I going to get across? Um, it's beautiful down below. There's, like I said, it's a, there's a river and some greenery and stuff down below. So that's what happens when we kind of sit on our bum and try and figure out, well, where do I want to go? What's my heart's desire? And know this, there, there is no right or wrong it's as if there are, oh, yeah, like that saying, all roads lead to Rome. So it just means 
that we're going to get where we need to get to is just some of it, one way might be a very scenic, um, very pastoral way to get there. Another one could be, I have no idea where this is going, but I'm intrigued. And then the other one, I can see that there's some danger into it or some risk into it. Uh, that, But if, if I can get over to the other side, then um, the sky's the limit kind of thing. I, I can go anywhere with it. Um, so... Okay, so I want to explore more of this. Uh, so what is Rome? What is Rome? So since all roads... Oh, so it just... Yeah, do I want to take the scenic route? Do I want to take the direct route? Do I want to take uh, a route that's kind of exciting? Um, kind of like... Oh, so if you were at an amusement park, uh, there was one that we used to go to a lot that had... Um, some easy rides, gentler, you know, you sit on a little train and it brings you around different areas, like a frontier area. Then there's an area where they had a lot of roller coasters and thrill rides. And then there's a whole different area that had this animal park where you could actually ride through there on a truck. You get on the back of this um, truck and they drive you around and you could feed the giraffes and all that kind of good stuff. And so when a group of us used to go, uh, about twice a year, we, a whole group of us would go, and and we'd split up into three groups, those who were after the thrill rides, those who just wanted to take it easy, and those that wanted to hang out with the animals. And then around 1 o'clock, we'd all meet for lunch. So we, um, we all got together for lunch, and we all just got there a different way. And there was no right, no wrong. The point was that we all came together and everybody was having a great time. It was just each one's different experience. And while some in the group questioned those who went on the thrill rides, those of us who went on the thrill rides, yes, I did the thrill rides. Uh, those of us who did the thrill rides looked at those people who just uh, enjoyed walking around and we just didn't get it. And it's okay. That's what makes them happy. And, oh, okay. So we're being reminded, and this came from uh, Aristotle's uh, work, that um, really, ultimately, why we're here. He did extensive um, study on why are we here, and it came down to um, doing that which makes us happy with the caveat that it not interfere or prevent someone else's pursuit of happiness. Almost kind of like the golden rule, but really more of do what makes you happy as long as it doesn't prevent somebody else from their pursuit of happiness. And then if it becomes a problem, then you work with that person somehow to find a happy medium or part ways or whatever that works out best for the parties involved. Okay, I'm being pulled back to the bench. So I'm sitting here on the bench. Okay, so, so what makes us happy? Um that's the key right there. So for those of us who struggle with um, what, what do I want? What will make me happy? What 
gives me joy is to stop and start paying attention to the little things day by day that bring you joy, what makes you happy. So let's say you're in a job, at a, a nine-to-five type job, and in general, you dislike the job. You'd rather be someplace else. And yet, throughout the day, if you were to start paying attention to just little things that give you a spark of joy, maybe uh, let's say you're you do uh, you're the one responsible for answering the phone and and working with customers and being able to help them such that by the time the phone call is over, the the customer on the end or other end is happy and you're happy that you were able to help them. Um, yes, you may uh, realize and turn around that your coworker is a challenge to work with or that your work environment may need to be prettied up or something, but focus on the little things. Just start noticing what uplifts you, what makes you feel joyful or happy for a moment. And, and it could be that um, on your lung, lunch break that you have, that you sit around with some people that you really enjoy talking with and you realize that it's the working as a team or as a group on discussing things. So start paying attention. Uh, so like for me, some of the things that bring me joy, um, uh, I, I love a really good piece of dark chocolate. So Getting to know what that feels like, what does it feel like when you have that spark of joy? And then that's your clue or your cue, either way, of figuring out that which makes you happy. Um, here's another one that um, I will share um, personal. I I really despise doing heart, um, housework. See, I can't even say it. Housework. And yet I love it when the house is clean, the dishes are done, the counters are clear. When it comes to finishing eating a meal, I walk in the kitchen, I just don't feel like washing the dishes. It's, um, it's a childhood thing. I'll get over it one of these days. So, um, and the way I'm going to get over it, and I actually had that experience this morning, that it only takes a moment to get through washing the dishes yet. And I have a dishwasher, so I put some dishes in the dishwasher, but um, some of the things that I hand wash, uh, I wash those. And then when I was done and I looked around, I said, wow, this looks really nice and clean. I, I'd actually be okay if somebody walked to my house right now. So for me to focus more on the joy of just seeing clean counters, the dishes all put away, that's what I focus on. And I realized, too, it didn't take me that long to do them. It took maybe 10, 15 minutes to clear everything up, wipe down the counters and the stove. And so I hope that gives you some ideas and some clues. So, okay, they want me back at the bench again. So as you're sitting at the bench, while the brain stores information and the mind processes information 
figuring out, you know, the pros and cons, uh, you know, should I do that? Should I do this? I can see the advantage of doing that. While all of that is fine to take in all the information and process it, in the end, the bottom line, so to speak, is um, how does it make me feel? So as I sit at this park bench, uh, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm being told to pick one of the directions. And I said, oh, wow, the straight ahead looks real pretty. And it'd be very calming. And, um, but I'm being pulled towards the, um, the canyon of going, walking over that bridge to get over onto the other side to see where that takes me. So that's what you can do is to visualize see what the, whatever your circumstances are at this point, sit on this bench and see before you, visualize before you or sense if you are more of a sensory type person, sense the different options you have before you and what do they look like? What do they feel like? And, you know, take the mind into consideration as far as um, details. Bottom line, though, is to check how does it make you feel? Does it give you joy? Does it make you feel good? Does it uplift you? Does it inspire you? then follow that path. Oh, okay. And so what I'm seeing with this, so in my mind's eye, I was taking the pastoral one, the path that was straight in front of me. And I noticed that as soon as I was on that path, another path, I was probably, I don't know, a couple hundred feet down this path, another path opened up that I hadn't seen when I was on the bench and that was taking me away from this pastoral scene. So it actually brought me into a more of a scenic route, maybe take me a little longer, but the views bring me more closer to this mountain range that I hadn't noticed before. So that, uh, okay, so they're reminding us and letting us know that chances are whatever path you take, as soon as you are on it, it's that taking those steps forward on that path that other opportunities open up that could bring you into the direction that you're really wanting is that which makes your heart sing. What makes your heart sing? Okay, so any last words here? Yes, okay. What, um, oh, just reminding that it's all good. It's all good. See it all good. And even, okay, even if uh, a path you chose on the surface looks like it and feels like, oh, I shouldn't have gone this way or, oh, what a waste of time. And, and this can really apply to the paths you've been on that got you to this point, that it's never a waste. No path is ever a waste. There's something to be learned and gained on every path. At the very least, and this relates more to my first marriage, um, you learn exactly what you don't want. And sometimes that's the best way to figure out what you do want.
So on that note, we will conclude and guide you and inspire you and encourage you to always follow your heart. Blessings to you all and have a lovely, lovely day.